Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Craig and Joe back for hour number two of Fantasy Sports. Today, we dive into some Major League Baseball free agency here at the top of the hour. Also, an early look at the NFL point spreads for the divisional rounds and talk about some other power rankings in football and baseball as well. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today, and it starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. We're going to take an early look at the NFL point spreads for the weekend coming up. But first, we dive back into a little baseball and fantasy baseball. And in a month from now, our focus certainly will be changing over to the fantasy baseball season as the NFL season winds down and baseball picks up. We'll have pitchers and catchers reporting, I believe, on the 11th of February. So about a month from now, we'll get a clear view of the 2020 uh, fantasy baseball season, which, of course, for some of you is underway. Uh, the Washington Nationals, Joe, we touched on this earlier in the show over the weekend. They signed uh, Starlin Castro and his Drupal Cabrera, which for some people feel like uh, Josh Donaldson it takes them out of the running for him. Um, there have been some reports that they are still in to me, and I'm, I'm in this world. To me, this is uh, you know somebody on the national side basically wanting to stay in to pump the money up a little bit. I, I don't really think that they're genuinely in it. But if somebody, <laughs> if Josh Donaldson went to the Nationals and said, "Hey, uh, I'll do one year, twenty million, yeah, the Nationals are back in on him. But I don't think that they're giving him three years. I don't think that they're giving. Yeah, he him did that four last years. year. The one year, twenty million was last year with the Braves. He ain't doing that twice. <laughs> no. So I, I think that in, inevitably at this point, it's where I thought. I mean, he's probably going to end back up in Atlanta. They're willing to give him three years. They're not willing to give him four. Uh, maybe that fourth year, Joe, is the one that gets it done with an option or some sort of extra season. Because let's be honest, anybody that gives Josh Donaldson, Joe, a four-year contract is not going to be happy in that fourth year. I mean, it's just it's almost impossible uh, given the nature of who he is. Still a very good player, but playing and pushing 40 and making the kind of money that he's asking for, you're paying for now. And you're just going to take it on the chin in four years. And that's that's part of what baseball is. That The last year or the last two years sometimes that these deals are no good. The Braves need them. It makes sense. Why it's not done by now it has to be strictly financial. Um, you just don't want to insult Donaldson to the point where he takes a, a, a deal somewhere else in spite. We've seen that happen in the past, too. I think the cooler heads will prevail, and, and Donaldson ends up playing third base every day for the Braves soon. I know the Twins were one of those teams that's a possibility. The Rangers cannot be ruled out because they have some money to spend. It just it makes too much sense, Joe, for him to be back in Atlanta. I don't know what the holdup is here. Uh, like you said, it's probably trying to negotiate that fourth year, but the more teams kind of get out, the less leverage he has. So, I mean, it seems like a three years with an option there, maybe a club option or a mutual. Option. I don't know. They'll figure that out or maybe they just pay him a little bit more. I mean, Atlanta didn't exactly go on a spending spree this offseason. And I think you can make the argument that Freddie Freeman, and Ronald Acuna all benefited from Donaldson being in the lineup. Um, so I think that's a positive. And you still have Austin Riley around there, too, as a little bit of leverage. So, yeah, it would certainly seem that he would end up there. And it, all this Josh Donaldson talk, you know, when I was listening to you, is just kind of remembering back to his Oakland days. And I know you know the answer to this question, I'm sure. Do you remember who he was dealt for 
to Toronto. And what they got back in that deal is the quote, you know, big piece in that deal. Do you recall? Um, so wait, so this is him going from him Oakland. going from Oakland to Toronto. And he was at a peak value. He was driving in a hundred runs. He was looking like a stud middle of the order bat then. And then he uh, went to Toronto um, and absolutely exploded there. And oh, who, a, who Oakland got back? Yeah. Was Addison Russell involved in any of that? Or no? no, you're close. It was a shorts of Franklin Barreto. Oh, yeah, Barreto was and Barreto is still a player who's trying to crack yeah, <laughs> that Oakland. Really. And, and here we are. How many years later of Josh Donaldson between all of those great years he had in Toronto? And then there's, you know, obviously then he had, you know, the down year with the injuries and whatnot yeah. a couple times. But then again, a great year here in Atlanta. And we're still, what is that, like six years later, still <laughs> waiting for Franklin Barreto to be any good. Yeah. Yeah. Donaldson, I still think could be very productive this year, next year, the year after that. I, I just, you know, I mean, paying paying a guy, he's going to get 20 million for that fourth year, 30, uh, 39 years old. Um, how many big league players get paid 20 million dollars at 39? Uh, not many, but Atlanta is not in a envious position either, because while Austin Riley did show a ton when he came up, he also fell off a cliff. In the second half of the season. I mean, nobody so. could sustain that pace he was on, man. Oh, God, I was on only Aquino. Pace on. Only Aquino. He's the no, only but one. let me tell you, that's he. I'll tell you, spoiler alert in the black book, he is the most overrated outfielder picked by almost everybody in our in our little fantasy roundtable section of the book. But yeah, Aquino is is that's a whole he, other thing. Austin Riley's a good player. Austin Riley's a good player. He just all of a sudden they found some weaknesses and they exploited it. And he was no way gonna stay. We all know baseball is a game of streaks, and he came up as red hot as he was. He was gonna even out. But I think we can all agree Austin Riley is going to be a nice player if, if you make him an everyday player. Yeah, I think so. A lot of strikeouts, and if he can put the bat on the ball more, he'll be fine. Um, so there, another interesting piece of news here, and this isn't really going to affect fantasy this year, uh, but there's another player that potentially could be a two-way player in the big leagues. Luis Colas, who's known as the Cuban Otani, defected from Cuba. There is some question, uh, Joe, there's no question that he's going to be a big league player in 2021. There's no question about that. The only question is, at this point, will he qualify for this year's international signing bonus time or will it be for next year? Now, the way that this works is that every team has an allotment as to how much they can spend internationally. This isn't like the old days of signing Jose Abreu or Aroldis Chapman or Yasiel Puig, where you can give them anything. You know, that, that's the way it used to be, 20, 30, 50 million. Didn't make a difference. Uh, Rusny Castillo, remember him? You got a billion, oh, yeah. billion dollars, never Rusty played. Rusny Castillo. Yeah, these Lord. days, what it is, you get, a cer- <laughs> you get a certain amount of money, you get a pool. And it's about eight to ten million usually. Once you're out of it, you're done. And so the problem with Colas is that if he wants to play this year, he's going to have to sign now and get get paid nothing because nobody has any money left in their bonus pool. Everyone's already used it for 2019 slash 2020. That thing gets reset in the summer. And if he waits another six months to sign, then he can get somebody's max pool, which is like five million, six million, eight million, whatever it is. But the idea that we could have another player in the big leagues, Joe, that can hit and pitch, which is what it seems to be that he did in Cuba, would be really cool. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, guys left-handed too, which, you know, that's the you know, <laughs> left you throws 95. Um, but it, it's funny because he played a little bit in Japan, as I'm reading up on here in the story, but he didn't pitch there, um, which is interesting too, I guess, kind of saving the asset a little bit, which kind of makes sense. Uh, what you're saying, obviously, from a fantasy perspective too, to kind of twist this in there, this is a guy to just be aware of. And if you're in those dynasty leagues and for some reason, uh, whatever site, whether it be Fantrax or CBS or whatever it is that, that you're playing on, if they should add him to the player pool at any given time as a free agent, you might be able to sneaky kind of just throw a buck on him or something like that in one fab run and, and just kind of pluck him on your bench and see what happens. Cause sometimes that does happen depending on the rules of your league. Sometimes they don't let that happen unless you have service time or whatever, but just keep an eye out because I think we can all look at Otani and say that was pretty good. And I think you look at the overall too, some of the other 
you know, recent Cuban players. I mean, Moncada looks like the real deal. Finally, it's taken a little yeah. while to get going. Robert, another guy, too. So, you know, we've had a mixed bag here. Cespedes, there's been a mixed bag of Cuban players over the years, the, the Rusty Castillos of the world. And then some guys like Ioannis Cespedes who look like, you know, all world type players at, at certain times in their career. So it's like everything else. It's all about the individual. You can't throw a blanket over it and say this guy's going to be great because he's from there. But it's certainly fun. And I like the two way player. It makes I like it. I think it's a good fun night at the ballpark, don't you? Yeah, and, and hopefully so. More of a 2021 deal again, no matter what. Just literally defected. So um, odds of him signing with a team this year. Look, if he wants to play, Otani took no money a couple of years ago when he came over here. Now, finally, he's getting paid. But if this kid decides he wants to play this year, he can. He's just going to have to take a million dollars from somebody, which would be a huge mistake, by the way, on his part. So um, my guess is uh, give it a good six months. Let the bonus pool reset itself for the international signing period in July. Then he signed with somebody uh, late minor league season for him this year. And then we see him in 2021. That's a guess for me. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports Today. When we come back next. The point spreads are out for the weekend's games. It came out almost immediately. It's so amazing now these days how the wagering world has changed. You used to have to wait till the night or the early morning. Immediately after the games are done, fans will post the line. So I'm going to go through these things. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia with you here on the show. Uh, usually these lines come out, there's a big overreaction one way or the other. And uh, for the NFL games this weekend, let's take a quick look at these. And then, of course, later on in the week, we'll have some final opinions on it. But, um, the NFC is going to play their first game Saturday at 4.35 Eastern. It is the Vikings and 49ers. San Francisco opened up as a seven-point favorite. There's money on Minnesota. So the line is now 49ers minus 6.5, and, and the total is 45. Saturday night, the Titans will play the Ravens. The Ravens opened up as a 10-point favorite. Money has come in on Tennessee. And Baltimore is now an 8-point favorite with a total of 48. Sunday at 3.05 Eastern, the Texans will take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a solid 10, opened up as 10, and that's where it stayed. And the total is 50. And then uh, Sunday at 6.40, of course, a Sunday night in Lambeau, which is what everybody wants for television. That's what they're going to get. The Seahawks and the Packers, and uh, what they're predicting at least to be the most competitive game of the bunch. The Packers are four-point favorites, and the total is 46, up from 45. So... The significant change, Joe, is that the money coming in on Tennessee to keep the game closer against Baltimore, that's the first, and then a little bit of a shift on the underdog, and this happens every year. After you see the underdogs win and win in surprising fashion, naturally money's going to come in on them on Sunday night, that's for sure. But then things normalize, and I think that more or less these are the numbers that we're going to see. Uh, I, I don't see anything significantly changing. I think more money will probably come in, Joe, on Tennessee. I think Baltimore ends up being a seven-point favorite by the time Sunday comes. I don't think it'll be higher than that. Uh, I don't think the Vikings are going to uh, get any more points than they're getting here. Six and a half seems about right. Maybe six by Sunday. I could see that. Maybe some more money on Minnesota. Seahawks Packers, I don't see changing. 
I think the Chiefs may be a bigger favorite come Sunday at 305 Eastern. I think they could end up 10 and a half or 11. How do you see yeah, that? that that's, that's the one that pops to me. I think the Chiefs, look, Chiefs off the bye, Andy Reid off the bye. Those numbers speak for themselves. We talked about it earlier in the year. That defense has played much better. The Texans did a really, Watson did a great job. Absolutely great job in that game. But I think to go to Arrowhead with a healthy Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and all those weapons there and Damian Williams for the first time all year looking good in that last game of the season, really for the first real time, I think that the Chiefs are in the driver's seat here, and I agree. I think that was the that's the one of all these I think you jump on early, right, before it moves at all, because I could see it going definitely. If you're going to bet that one, yeah, I think so. I yeah, think do so. it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and historically speaking, and I don't have the exact percentages, I'll have to dive into this a little bit more, but historically speaking, it's not 100% of the of the uh, bi-week favorites winning, but it's close. Like, you're, you're looking at a very high percentage of the home teams winning and covering when you get to the next round of the playoffs. And what happens is that's the danger zone because usually people, they take the underdogs in the first round. They think, oh my gosh, it's all about the underdogs. Great. Then they go back in on the underdogs the second week and then they get mauled. Um, let's real quick, uh, Vikings and 49ers, the total is 45 in this game. Um, Vikings tend to play, you know, ball control. They don't seem to be running the ball too much. Um, I'm sorry, throwing the ball too much, but San Francisco is a very hard total team to figure because they have played a lot of close, low-scoring games. But, Joe, they've also played a lot of high-scoring games, too. So, um, you know, I'll have to make a final decision later on in this week, but the early lean for me may be on the over in this I agree. Uh, yeah, it feels like the over, right? Because you could, because even if like it ended up being a weird blowout or the 49ers scored on defense, possibly on the turnover or something like that, yeah, it just kind of feels like it. Dal- look, Dalvin Cook looked pretty good in that game yesterday. I, I think, you know... I'll, I'll say this. You've seen Kenyon Drake run pretty well against the 49ers this year. I don't see why you can't see Dalvin Cook do the same. So I think that 45 right now is, is a nice spot where you might want to go over Maybe. on that for sure. Uh, Saturday night Titans at Ravens. Um, there's some you know early people predicting an under on this one with a total of 48. This one's trickier. But you, but you know how this can get really out of hand quick here. I mean, this is a game where Baltimore, uh, you know, they've, they've done this total by themselves a lot this year. And one of the few games on the board here, Joe, I that I think you're going to know immediately which way that this is going because Tennessee can't go down like 10 nothing or 14 nothing in this game. It's over at that. I don't think Tannehill is rallying this team, passing the ball in Baltimore on Saturday night. But but again, if it's seven, six at the half, Baltimore or the Titans are in a great spot if that's the case in this one. Yeah, uh, look, I, I think we're all rooting as football fans, unless you're a Titans fan, of course, or a Texas fan for a Ravens Chiefs AFC championship game. Because I want to see Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson on the field at the same time going toe-to-toe. That's what I want to see to establish coaches. And I, there's a part of me that really wants to see Andy Reid get that ring. Because I think Andy Reid has had a Hall of Fame coaching career. And that's the one thing that's missing from it. Let's be honest. It's, it's the one thing where you're going to look at the career of Andy Reid and you're going to say, yeah, well, he never won the big one. And I think this is possibly the best opportunity he's ever had. Better than those teams in Philadelphia that he had. Uh, better than some of these earlier teams he's had in Kansas City. I think this is his best shot because the defense is finally because last year, as good as the Chiefs were defensively, they were an absolute nightmare at this time of the season. That is not the case right now. So whatever's clicked for them, whatever game plans, whatever scheme is working for them, Chiefs Ravens is what I'm looking for. But you're right. I think when you look at this Ravens game, you're going to know right away which way this game is going. Yeah, no, I think so. I think at the half, you'll know. I mean, it's exactly the same as Minnesota and uh, and the Saints. I mean, you, I kind of lean the under there, though, don't you think? Because if 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 they're up on them early, don't you think the Ravens? They have not. That's what it? I I thought that too. That same thing. But if you go back and look, they don't stop. They keep throwing with Lamar Jackson when they're up big. They, but they this don't is the playoffs stop. now. But do you want to keep it? Do I don't want to keep Lamar on the field. Do you want to do I that? I don't know. I don't. Or do know. you want to just hand the ball off to Mark Ingram and 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 Gus Edwards and and just kind of hey, let's all get out of this and go on to go on to Kansas City next week or whatever? I don't, I don't know the. 
answer. They have not done that in any game this year. So I, I would think that that's what they would do. But then I went back and looked, and they scored more points in the second. The only team that scored more points in the second half of the season was was. Uh, and you're right. Tennessee. No, they don't. They they do run it up. But this is the playoffs, and now you're in the playoffs. Now you're the one seed. I don't know if you have to now. I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you want to take that risk because now there's real risk. Before you were playing for that one seed. That that made total sense. You keep running up the score. You keep dominating everybody. That's fine. I don't, at this point, I don't right, know. But I, but, I, but I guess my point would be is that if it's the third quarter, right, and it's twenty-one ten, is Baltimore not going to score two more times in that game? It's over at that point. It's not even. It's it's most how they're going to approach offensively. Are we just going to get run left, run right, off tackle this, off tackle? You know what I mean? Like I just, I just wonder about. I don't know if they uh, start. Lamar just Jackson running, running down the field is scary. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll you yeah. know as as the week goes on. Oh sure, we'll sure. Make the final call. Um, I think that I would agree at least initially. It's going to be hard for me to back off taking Kansas City minus ten in this one. Um, I, I think the Houston by far is the worst team alive in this, um, you know, coaching, pers- coaching too. I think the coach is, is the worst coach of all the ones left in this too. Um, but again, uh, Kansas city early on, if this was in, in, uh, what, uh, October, November, I feel a little bit differently because the chiefs couldn't stop anybody defensively, but man, they are coming off a buy in their environment. I don't know. I, I mean, it may be it a no, a it may be a no play for me, but I'm not, but I will not, I will not play Houston in this game. I will, it will either be chiefs or nothing for me. Well, what game. do you think of the under or the 50? 50 seems like a lot that you're asking the Texans to go on the road. You know, you and, know what? And, um, you know, all four games went under last week. That's not going to continue. So, so games are going over this week. Usually this is historically how it works too, but again, four. No, well, that's why I like that Vikings one so much. Cause I think that's one that goes over. Cause the numbers short, you know, 45, they're, they're, they're begging you to go over, aren't they? Not necessarily. Saying, hey, come on, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of weapons on that field, I think. I think that one could surprise total, you. Total's gone down. Total's gone down from where it started. Uh, okay, final one, uh, Seahawks-Packers. I want to just take Seattle and run. Like, this is the way that I feel about Green Bay. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. But then after seeing, and listen, I'm not going to judge the end of the regular season. Seattle came back, almost beat San Francisco in that last game. They're coming off a win against Philadelphia. I don't like the Packers at all, at all. I think they're the most overrated team in this. Like if I had to seed the rest of the teams uh, eight to one, I'd put Houston eight, I'd put Green Bay seven, but they're only laying four here. You know, I mean, I could definitely see them winning. Unfortunately, like <laughs> I like Green Bay, I've been to Green Bay. It's like one of my favorite cities and my favorite place that I've ever been to as far as covering a game. But I don't like this team at all. But I don't think that this is a lot of points that they're laying here. And uh, Seattle can't run. I don't know. How, I mean, how are they going to win? How is Seattle going to win? Throwing a Metcalf? That's it. It's got to be Wilson and Metcalf, right? What else is yeah. there? Well, I mean, uh, do you need more than that to beat the Packers? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think you do. I don't think you need more than that to beat the Packers as long as you can, as long as DK Metcalf actually catches the football. As long as he can do that and not catch the ball and then turn it over, <laughs> we're good. Um, the Packers have, I, I agree, they were the biggest paper tiger, I think, in this bunch that people, you know, big, big difference between what people think they were and what they actually were. And to me, I would, I would like to see the Seahawks go in there and win because I think it's, I like the underdog a little bit and it would be fun. I'm also the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan in the world, but uh, you know, I look at the Packers and I also wonder too on their end. Yes. Aaron Jones had a very good season. Uh, if, if it's really about stopping Devontae Adams and if you can slow him down or stop him, you've got a really good chance to beat this football team because we know already 2019 has taught us the, the secondary receivers and the Packers do not exist. So you stop Devontae Adams, you win this football game. It's interesting that if this game was played three weeks ago, you would take Seattle. Like you wouldn't even well, Seattle would be the favorite in this game. Yeah. Don't you um, think? No, no, possibly. No. no, you don't think if you go back when Carson and Penny were running at their height, no, never. they would have been the favorite. Okay. Green, at Green Bay, never, um, no, but never, never. Green Bay never a, a home dog ever. Uh, but the reason why the Packers are four and not three is because they're coming off the bye, and that is just Im- almost impossible for me to get off. Like this team's had two weeks off. Seattle is coming in all banged up. Uh, again, we'll look at it later on in the week. But my at least inclination is not to buck a trend, which is that the home teams and the favorites uh, generally win. 
All right, uh, brief timeout coming back next. Uh, believe it or not, I did play in a fantasy football playoff league. I'll tell you about that. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Get in the game with a DraftKings Sportsbook where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. And here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet. DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users. Plus, new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. You have to be in New Jersey and 21 years or older to take advantage of this offer. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, believe it or not, on late on late oh, Friday night, I get an email, Joe. And shockingly, uh, it, it wasn't just me. It was everybody that uh, was reinvited to the SiriusXM Playoff League, which I've been a part of in fantasy football here for 10 years. So I thought me not being there anymore would just eliminate me from the email. Oh, no, I got the invitation. So guess what? I'm like, screw it. I'm going to put a team together. Uh, that was a mistake. Because I, did <laughs> I, I, did not do, I did not do very well. Although part of it, what are you going to do when you lose your quarterback? Um, you know, that was kind of it. Um, you know, I picked Wentz. Um, yeah, what were you thinking about picking Wentz there? That was kind of surprising. Why not? Because you had six other, <laughs> like, I don't know, you had a bunch of other options. Oh, were... don't, don't play that game. Okay. No, Carson, I, Carson Wentz was the right? best quarterback in the NFL in the last three weeks. The highest rated quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he got hurt. Were, he got hurt. He got a, hit in the head, man. Just to be clear, is this an elimination league where, yes, right? Okay. Done. So you really thought that Philadelphia was definitely going to win that football game? Going to lose. Oh, you wanted actually no, no. I got you. I got the format now. Okay, there's there's different ones. I understand what you're saying now. I hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is. I use the team and then they lose and then I don't have to worry about that anymore. Okay, I so got you. That's that's the point. So, um, I used Wentz. He didn't do anything. He got eliminated, and so I'm not in last place. But I'm not doing well either. Um, Derrick Henry. I used him. 27 points. He's still alive. I can't use him again. Dalvin Cook. 29 points. He's still alive. I can't use him again. He was a monster. Uh, Metcalf was an absolute monster. Yeah, this is a good team. Player. How are you not? How are you not at least quarterback? Zero points because the zero. Yeah. Okay, yep, that's it. Wow, I'd be I'd be at the top instead. I'm at the bottom. <laughs> that's the way it is. Wow. Um, Hollister would, did not do much. Uh, Ward did not do much, and the Patriots defense unfortunately did not do much. Some people did use Tennessee um, in this one, and also Buffalo picked up a bunch of sacks. Pat's D was, was like the worst defense to use, unfortunately, in this. So. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing very well, but I am alive, and I, I, I just can't use Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook anymore, but it's a bad spot to be in being all the way down in the, on these standings and not be able to use those two guys. Yeah, uh, but, but fortunately, there'll be some other guys that are alive this week um, that I'll dive back into. Um, in terms of Joe, uh, this week, we're looking at the potential of finding a new quarterback in the AFC that wins a championship, Brady. Manning, Roethlisberger, for as long as we've been adults, pretty much have been the Super Bowl quarterback. And now it looks like there's a new era of quarterbacks coming in and certainly one of the best free agent classes ever. 
It is. And I think it's a fantastic opportunity for these guys like Watson, like Mahomes, like Lamar Jackson to really showcase themselves here and say, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill. I'm just not putting you in that category quite yet. Uh, but I think it's it's a huge deal here that you're seeing the changing of the guard and you're passing it along to some guys who I think are really worthy of it. I think like, you know, in the past, we've seen some of that happen where you go, all right, yeah, this is going to be the guy. And then they kind of sputter out. I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that at all about Mahomes. I think Watson's a terrific talent, and I think Lamar Jackson is probably the most exciting thing in sports right now. So that's that's what's so encouraging about it. And you look at the AFC and you say, oh, right, you know, over is the Patriot dynasty, over is this, over is that. Now we're getting something more wide open. And I think it will be very exciting for people in the Super Bowl getting to see hopefully one of these quarterbacks. Now, if Ryan Tannehill somehow ends up being the guy, it's going to be less exciting. But if it was any of these three young quarterbacks in the AFC, it's very, very exciting. And I think it's going to also expose them to the new casual football audience that just kind of watches the Super Bowl and go, who's Lamar Jackson? Well, here he is. And that's that's a great thing. But you're right. The free agency right now, you got Drew Brees at 41 years old, a free agent. Dak Prescott at 26 right now, too. So, I mean, we had talked about Brees earlier. You think he comes back for one more. I agree. But how many times, you know, before we move on to Dak and the other guys, how many times, Craig, can we have Drew Brees end the year upset in a playoff loss before he just goes, you know what? How many times am I going to keep doing this to myself? <sighs> it's a he's a question. Hall of Famer. He's got yeah. a ring. He's got nothing left to prove. How many times is he going to realize, hey, you know what? I might not be able to go out on top. Yeah, it's a really good question because at this stage, you would think that, that, that this past year was his best chance. Like that NFC seemed wide open. Absolutely his best chance. So, you know, And now he's got to go back at it again next year. You don't know how things are going to change. Uh, you know, we don't know who's going to Super Bowl in the NFC, but hypothetically, you know, saying that it's San Francisco or Green Bay, possibly uh, Minnesota, those teams could all get better. You know, like they could all get better than New Orleans next year. So, yeah, it. it I, I mean, he was non-committal yesterday in terms of what he's going to do. My guess is this again, Joe, is his last year in the NFL. That seems to be right. I think that we could be seeing Brady's last year, Breeze's last year, Rivers' last year I, are coming up. I think um, the three of them. This could be their last oh, year. Yeah, in the NFL. The we just saw Manning done. Um, you know, my guess is Rogers probably two more years. That sounds right. You know, yeah, Roethlisberger missed the entire season. Yeah, he's this probably could, this, this could be his last year. It's a good point. It could be yeah, his last year. Too. It's the changing of the guard, and I think it's I think it's good to have that. Now Prescott's in an intriguing situation because Prescott is either going to get franchised, which would probably be about twenty seven million dollars, which is a lot, or you go out there and you make a long term commitment to Prescott. And I don't know about you, Craig, but I don't think you're going to do better than Dak Prescott. I think at 26 years old, coming off a year where you finished second in the league in terms of total yards passing, where you had 30 plus touchdowns, like you, you, Dak Prescott, I don't think is the reason why they failed overall. I think there's a bigger issue going on with Dallas. And I don't think you have a 26 year old quarterback who's showing you what he's shown and also shown to be a good citizen, regardless of some of the hardships, which is what you want out of your leader that you would pass on that. So I think the Cowboys do extend him and should extend him. Do you think that's what's going to happen to Dak Prescott? Well, it's interesting. You know, this morning, um, some of the reports that are coming out are are saying that Mike McCarthy is going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and that he's looking at different coaches and looking at different, um, you know, players to bring in. If I'm not mistaken, McCarthy did a great job initially with Aaron Rodgers. And Joe, if he yeah. can, if he can get uh, Prescott to that level, then it would seem to me that it does make a lot of sense. I, for one, I know some people are against this, and I think that, uh, you know, Jerry Jones made the mistake uh, of it, and, and I guess it's easy to look back on it now. So shame on me for saying it's a mistake to extend Zeke, but they should have extended Prescott and waited on Zeke. To be honest, I think that Agreed. that was the way to go. It's easy to say that now. I understand that it's it's uh, playing the Monday morning quarterback for sure. But it's not even playing the Monday morning quarterback. You know what it is? It's it's also recognizing what's the most value position on the field in the NFL. It's quarterback. We all know that. What is one of the more replaceable positions on the field? 
is running back. And I think that's, I think what we all have to sit back and go, you know what, you know, maybe Jerry did play this one wrong. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's hindsight. I think a lot of people are saying that up front saying, I don't think you should give all that money to Zeke. You should give it to the quarterback and then spread it around because you can replace Ezekiel Elliott. Just look at, you know, some other teams replace running backs. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where I am with that. And it's interesting, uh, Joe, of these reports of, of McCarthy earlier today. And, and listen, by the time the show is done, it, it could end up being done, at least according to Ian Rappaport, that's part of the discussion. Um, you know, I think that what McCarthy does, uh, Joe, is that McCarthy probably eliminates Dallas from being what they were this year. Like it eliminates them from being eight and eight, seven and nine ever again. I don't know that it necessarily gets them to winning Super Bowls, but the mediocrity, I think, is gone and the underachieving, I think, would be gone because McCarthy has proven through the years nine and seven, ten and six, eleven and five, twelve and four, nine and seven, ten and six. Like, I think those are the years that Dallas has. Uh, it's just getting over the top. But McCarthy won a Super Bowl too, right? With Green Bay. Yeah, so. yeah he and he was, and he made another one too. Let's not forget that. Like, he, who did I'm they lose say, to? Who did they lose to in the Super Bowl? That was, uh, was yeah, Pittsburgh. was that the Pittsburgh one, right? Well, yeah. Pittsburgh beat Arizona and Pittsburgh beat Seattle. Those were the Roethlisberger wins, right? But I'm sorry, they they lost. They beat Pittsburgh for the oh, Super Bowl. But Green Bay, Green Bay lost in the Super Bowl. I didn't no, I guess they did. I, I apologize. I thought they had made another one. Maybe, maybe right. I I don't remember. Well, I'm but. trying to remember how many how many rings does Aaron Rodgers have? Remind one. me. That's one. right. Yeah. See, that was that was a trick question there. Everyone talked about how great Aaron Rodgers is. He's got the one ring. So if he's so great, why didn't he transcend? The one thing McCarthy is not is a player's coach. And I think they desperately need a non-players coach who's going to go in there and kick everyone's ass a little bit because Garrett and the clapping and the support is not what that team needs. Sometimes you need to kick somebody in the ass. Sometimes you need a patent on it. Uh, Tom Brady, we already talked about too much today. Brian Tannehill, would the Titans be crazy not to resign Brian Tannehill? Because it seems like the right thing to do. He played very well. Playoff game aside against the Patriots in New England. I think you can look at Ryan Tannehill. He had a very nice season this year. Yeah, knowing a little bit about Ryan Tannehill, I'm going to guess that it's a lock that he resigns with Tennessee. I think it's good for everybody. I think yeah, both sides. I, I think it, 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 look, not only that, but we don't know what's going to happen against Baltimore, so let's not try to speak out of class until we see this game. But if Tannehill looks anything like he did this past week against the Patriots, he would be smart to take his one year, $10 million again, or two years, $25 million again, and just get <laughs> well, paid. You've already proven you can win with him. You can make the playoffs with Ryan Tannehill and win a playoff game with Ryan Tannehill. Tennessee is so much better than I ever thought that they were going to be two months ago. I, I picked Tennessee in a game this year. I, was it against Denver? I don't remember. They, they lose 21 nothing to Denver or some crazy. I, something like, like that. And I, and I remember going nuts after now, the game yeah. thinking, my gosh, this Henry, he stinks. He can't run. How can they not run him? And they put it's not him. Out. It's not. It's never been him. It's about how many times you get him the ball. That's what it is. Ugh, they, but, it was, you, uh, but that was my worst pick of the whole year. Carries. 20 more carries equals W. That's that's the that's the thing right there. You got Winston, who we've talked about a lot on the show. We'll see what happens with him. You got Philip Rivers in this class. You got Teddy Bridgewater, who's only 27. So if he's not running to celebrate touchdowns, is he going to stick around here or has no. he gotten himself? Well, he's he's yeah, going to have a job gone. somewhere, right? Yeah, he'll be he'll be gone. Yeah, he'll be. I mean, at least competing somewhere for a job. Now, do you think he's the kind of guy the Patriots would bring in with Brady kind of on mm, the, in the twilight? Got to shoot higher than that, I think. Shoot higher than that. He wants to start probably at this point in his career. Then he got Marcus Mariota, a former top pick. Forget it. Uh, Keenum might be a guy that has a job somewhere. Yeah, of course. Oh, the I'm saying, no these are there's ten quarterbacks right now that you can make a case for in free agency. They're going to be starters next year somewhere potentially. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I've that, never that, seen that in all my life. Have you? Well, I, no, but I will say this: th this league does not have fifteen good quarterbacks, and and so no, but it's got it ten for each one, <laughs> right? And, and those ten, somebody will think that those guys are good. I mean, look, there's a reason why Cousins got paid. There's a reason why Nick Foles got paid. Like it is so hard to find good quarterbacks, and you would think with a billion college football teams that there would be, uh, but the reality is, is, is there or not? And I'm seeing all oh, over the weekend, oh, Jordan Love. Well, maybe we should like him because his his coaching changed this past year, and that's why. I mean, my gosh, the 
the stories that people are going to try to build for these quarterbacks, these uh, young quarterbacks coming out of college this year is incredible. All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to take a look at the power rankings in Major League Baseball, MLB.com. Their rite of passage for uh, January is uh, writing a little bit about this, so we'll do that next. And uh, also, the Golden Globes were last night, and so Joe, being the theater expert, will weigh in a little bit on that. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. Don't forget, like and subscribe to our show, especially if you're listening on iTunes or Android, Google Play, or Stitcher. Give us a nice review. Make sure you put that in the review uh, that you like listening to the show. Give us five stars. Also, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast so it gets sent to you every single day, uninhibited. And uh, you can forward, rewind if you want football. We do this in football. If you want baseball, of course, uh, January goes on. We'll do more baseball as well. Fantasy Sports Today continues after this couple of DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Just to give you some uh, programming reminders and updates, uh, usually Monday through, uh, from now through the Super Bowl, Joe and I will be doing a lot of uh, recapping the uh, NFL and the NFL playoffs, especially through the next week or two. And then as January moves on, we'll dive more into baseball. Uh, I know that some of you are are certainly passionate about baseball, and nobody's more passionate than me about baseball, of course. But being realistic about it, uh, unless you're participating in some best ball drafts or things like that, the fantasy baseball draft season, as the football season winds down, starts to percolate. And so as January continues to roll on, we'll dive more into that as well. Of course, the Super Bowl. Uh, very dominant in the conversation where I live here in South Florida with all of the events and everything that's going to be going on. But certainly uh, the month of February comes. It is full on baseball season right here on Fantasy Sports Today. But MLB.com has their power rankings out, Joe. And I dove into this a little bit over the last 24 hours to see what I would have agreed or disagreed with. And I don't really have a huge disagreement at the top with some of the top teams there. Um, you know, certainly with the Yankees adding Garrett Cole, hard to not them put them at the top. But uh, <laughs> I mean, man, how do you not put them on? <laughs> right? I, I, I got to do that at this point. Uh, but man, the Twins at four, boy, that was a little bit ambitious for me. Um, they mm. didn't end up with Keuchel. They didn't end up with a frontline type starter. And as far as I know, I, I know that they had a ton of home runs last season. They did lose their uh, hitting coach and bench coach and James Rousen too. Um, you know, pitching is okay, but four, whoa, a little hot, too high for me. I probably would have put Atlanta at four. And then the Rays, and then the Twins, and I'm not down on the Twins at all. By the way, I think they have a chance. What about to be a the really Nats? Has anyone even seen that rotation? I mean, it's still Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Yeah, last time yeah, I checked in that absolutely. rotation, absolutely, absolutely, they should be I'm a top sorry. five. Like I understand, world. like I get it, I get it. Rendon's gone. I understand. And I've been the big guy thumping the table about, hey, you know, you know, they need more lineup protection for Juan Soto. But man, oh man, I mean, I can't put that Twins rotation even in the same conversation. And and I. I do you think part of the power ranking is basically they're just looking at the rest of that division and thinking Maybe how much so. better they are? Maybe it is division based, but I would say that but the I don't White, even know the White that Sox with the White Sox better. improvements. Yeah, the White Sox. I, yeah. 
man, yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I think this is a bad one. I think this is like for us to all talk about it. But I mean, Rich Hill and Homer Bailey is not the answer to this rotation issues. No, they're hoping to get, you know, one guy out of that. You, you know, it's, I think that that's definitely accurate. You know there. what? That would be that would be a miracle to get one guy out of that. <laughs> if you, put those, you need two or three more to get one guy out of that. Yeah, I, look, I the, the Twins have not been afraid to make trades, too. And, and we could see that they did hit more home runs than anybody in baseball last year. But. Some of that is is regression. You know, some sometimes that doesn't repeat itself the following year. And, and Kepler had a great year. Eddie Rosario hit a lot of home runs. Um, you know, we'll see if that continues this year for sure. The the one surprise to me, and they only ranked, uh, I believe, the top twenty, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I am missing something, and I get it. The I mean, the Red Sox didn't really have a dynasty, but they were, were definitely one of the best teams of the decade. The 16th best team in baseball? Maybe I am just completely missing out on a Red Sox story here. I don't get it. Like, they won the no, World it's... Series two years ago. <laughs> I'm not saying they have to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or even 10. 16th best team in baseball? The Boston Red Sox? I, I, I look at the team that they have and I say, why can't they win the World Series? And, and maybe, you know, Price is there and Sale is there. Maybe Eduardo Rodriguez takes the next step. Hey, Eduardo was, was good last year. Eduardo, Their hitting you know, is fantastic. Their bullpen with Workman, they found out of nowhere. He ended up being the closer. I know that they haven't really added a lot in the offseason, but you're telling me that the Red Sox are, are not better than the Reds or the Indians or the Brewers? I, I, I got to put them. And, and or, I'll, the, or the and Diamondbacks? I'll, well, Arizona has made some really nice moves. They have a very good, you know, they got Bumgarner. They have a really good pitching staff. They added Calhoun, like I, I, and a very smart team, very well-run organization. I agree with you. I probably would put Boston ahead of them, but I could live with that one. But I cannot live with them being below Cincinnati. No way. I can't live with them out of the top 10. I'm sorry. I don't think any of these teams ahead of them. The Brewers, Indians, Reds, Cubs, Diamondbacks, I would put ahead of them. The Phillies are at 10. You want to fight me about the Phillies? Okay. It, it all depends on the health of Chris Sale. If Chris Sale is not healthy, then of course sure. they're yeah. going to fall out of the top 20 possibly because I don't think the rest of that rotation could pick it up. But a healthy sale, a healthy price and a healthy Eduardo Rodriguez means they're going to win 90 games. I hate to break it to everybody. They probably are. That is an incredible lineup. They have Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, Devers and Xander Bogart, just to name a few. I, I do not get this. And I also don't get how you put the White Sox, who who I just two seconds ago was talking about, hey, they got much better. I don't know if I want to put them ahead of the Angels. Yet, I mean, I know the Angels still have a lot of issues with the rotation, but still, I mean, the White Sox have a lot of great theoretical fun pieces and they'll be more competitive, but competitive and winning are two different things, Greg. You know that and I know that. So I, I don't I don't get that at all. I think this is this is a wacky list here that's uh, been put together by a national correspondent for MLB to get us all talking about it. And it's it's achieved that goal pretty much. Um, but I think putting, you know, this is. This is a tough sell for me here. As much as I love the Twins last year, I'm equally worried about them this year. This is what sports is. Just because you were right last year doesn't mean it's just right all the time. You have to go back to the well and start over. And if you're starting over and you're looking at the teams, yes, the Yankees are number one. I got no problem with that. Um, no problem with the Astros and Dodgers being the two, three. I think we could all agree that. But once you hit the four, five, how the Nationals, Braves, teams like that are not in that discussion, I I. I don't know. I, they should be ahead of these other teams. And I guess here's my question too: When you look at the Rays, who are ranked number five here, do you think that at a certain point too, we look at the and I know that the Rays have time and time again kind of like the A's just surprised us with their ability to to win baseball games. Don't you look at them and still find this roster to be a little lacking? 
It is, but they're going to end up winning 85, 90 games. <laughs> they do it every year. I'm not, I'm not going to discount them anymore. I can't do it. They, they use the openers and they win games. I'm, I'm not. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I would put the Rays in the top 10 for sure. The, the way that I see the White Sox, by the way, is very similar to the Phillies of this year, where I think that they take the next step, but it's not a step enough to not a playoff make, team, make the playoffs. But I, I think they make that 78, 80 win step. You know, the only difference is they have they have a lot of young pitching depth. And if one of those guys hits like if Dylan sees or Kopech or somebody like that joins Giolito at the top of that rotation. That's something that the Phillies did not have the opportunity to have because yeah, none true. of those guys competed. Like Aaron Nola was the guy. Everything after that was who knows what you're getting this night. Maybe F1's good. Maybe who knows? But I think that's the difference with the White Sox. If one of those dudes hits that they could all of a sudden make a run. Now, that's probably unlikely, but I think that's the only difference heading in between those well, two. But I, I agree with you. you. Know, They're you the know, most talked about team for sure. Well, you know what the truth is, though, is that everybody did think they had that guy last year. And it was the biggest whiff for a lot of people in fantasy last year, which was Pavetta. Everybody loved Pavetta going into fantasy last year, and he was a huge, huge whiff. And so if I would have said to you, um, you know, that would have been the name that everybody would have brought up behind Nola. And by the way, Arietta got hurt too. So, I mean, and that could happen to the White Sox. Let's not make any mistake about it. Who's to say that health health is not quantifiable when it comes to some of these guys? And so, sure. Well, of course, and that's that, every team, though. That's a that's a part of it. But Pavetta um, is a funny one because you're right. He was the darling, and absolutely. Uh, this, is, well, this is why this is why I work with Paul Sporer in the pitching um, profiles in the Black Book because Paul and I are very very concerned with you know that that trend. And Paul's write up on Pavetta was spot on. I think very sobering. And if people really took that into account, they were very careful about how they had it. And then at the same time, when he bottomed out, we then on the podcast turned around and said, hey, you should go out and pick him up because it's all upside now. Now you didn't have to spend the draft capital. Now it's all upside. If he does well, has a good second half. It's free. Go get it. But he did not. Nope. But it's worth a shot. But that did not work out either. Well, for free is free. Uh, Yeah, but he gave you negative. I know. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but it's one thing to spend draft I, capital and get the negative. It's another I, I, thing to pick it up and watch it on your bench and then go, okay, after well, three weeks and, well, and cut it. Right. If he's on your bench, yes, right. that, that's, that's the true. whole point. But, but if he's in your, in your, in but your the difference is you drafted him to be in your rotation. You added him on the waiver wire to see. And that's but there, the big but there are negative ads. If you have, if you put like, oh, sure. Example, Cause you miss out on somebody else. Sure. No, no, it's not even that. If you pick up Chris Davis on Baltimore and you're like, and you have no, I'm just using it. I'm using the worst example possible. But if you, if you, if you pick up Chris Davis on Baltimore and you use that as an example, if he's on your bench, then the example is valid. But if you put him in and play him, you're getting negative results from your team. So if you picked up Nick Pavetta after somebody dropped him and he was on your bench, then your statement is accurate. If you picked him up and used him, you got negative results. So it's not always about that. I mean, it's the usage of it, too. A bench ad that stays on the bench. Yes. Uh, a player that you pick up that you stream that gets annihilated. Then no, it is. It was that would not be good advice. But on the bench, yes, you could put anybody on the bench with no problem. No problem with that. Uh, all right, the uh, let's wrap up with this. The Golden Globes last night, Joe. I did not watch a lot of this. I'll be honest. Um, Joaquin Phoenix seems to be the story that came out of this yesterday. From his interview, he says he got tricked of going into the press room. Um, you know, he's a quirky guy for sure. Mm-hmm. A great actor, no doubt. Um, was I did there see any- Joker this weekend because they got it's uh, sent to me. It was stunningly good. 
It was I th- really. I, I thought, yeah, I thought you said you saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so was there any other takeaways for you with this? Tom Hanks won a big award. Um, oh, yesterday. you know, Tom Hanks is a national treasure. I think we can all agree with that. Um, a couple. Well, the, you know, the Golden Globes are wacky because it's Hollywood foreign press. So it's a whole different thing. So it's not necessarily, you know, the Hollywood award is like the foreign version. And it's it's, it's a whole thing. Plus, it's TV and movies, which is mm-hmm. a weird hybrid. It's why it's way too long. And uh, Ricky Gervais opening monologue was hilarious. I know some people didn't like it. I like it. It's funny. He's making fun of everybody. It's good. It's a joke. Chernobyl was a big winner for a lot of things. That I did not see show. that, but I yeah, heard it was not. fantastic. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I just I haven't been able to get my mind around sitting down to watch it because I know how very heavy. What, a, what a heavy thing it is. I think you have to be the right frame of mind. Um, but that was the big winner on the TV side. Uh, I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, yet. It won Best uh, Musical or Comedy. And that's the thing too. They they separate these movies into drama and musical and comedy, which I think is great. I wish the Oscars did that. Because doing a great comedy is no easy feat. You go back and look at some of the great Mel Brooks comedies like Young Frankenstein. That is a great film, right? And it deserves a lot of credit because of the acting's really good and Gene Wilder's really good and all this stuff. And um, I think that's the one thing the Golden Globes does get right. Uh, I got sent that one. I'll give you the review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when I get to see that one. Uh, 1917 was the big winner. Uh, for motion picture drama, which I haven't seen yet either, unfortunately. But uh, they love Tarantino, the Hollywood Foreign Press. Anything he does is great. Um, and, of course, I think Joaquin Phoenix deserved that because I saw Joker and I thought that that performance was stunning. That was a film that didn't need any words. You could have watched it as a silent movie and you would have gotten every bit of the storyline. It was that good of a film. And I did actually get to see Star Wars this past weekend as well, finally. And I agree with your take that it was the best of the three. I thought the first 20 minutes were, I was rolling my eyes and going, oh, I do not like it's this hard movie. To make it through. Yeah, the first, the first 20 minutes were terrible. I thought the last two hours were really, really good. I yeah, really it was enjoyed movie. it. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was right on line with, I thought the other, uh, the other two. I like the twist. Don't you like yeah. the twist of yeah. who she was? Yeah, I, I figured something like that was coming, but I was unaware. I didn't so, know what it was. I was waiting for the twist and I was hoping it wasn't one twist. I don't want to ruin it for other people. But you know what? I kept thinking in the theater for the first time. And I kept thinking to myself after watching these movies the last couple of years. Why the hell does she have a British accent? What's the deal with that? Who gets left on a planet and has a British accent or yeah, has talks like true. that? And yeah. now we understand why. And I thought that was a nice little touch. There. Also, unsung performance. Richard E. Grant is the bad guy uh, leading the Starfleet or whatever the bad guy group or the, mm-hmm. uh, the Empire group. Guy, I love that guy. He's a great actor. That was a good touch. They needed somebody like that in that movie, and that was a good casting job. All right, it's time to take a brief time out on Fantasy Sports Today. Yes, of course. Yes. And we'll be back (laughs) with the uh, two-minute warning. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we end the show, we ended with the two-minute drill. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your 
together. Is that going to be enough time? So Mike McCarthy is the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, according to Jake Glazer. And as I have said earlier in the show, what does this do for Dallas? It makes them better. It does not make them championship better. But I think that what this does is avoids any chance of them going seven and nine or eight and eight. From a talent standpoint, I think that we all could agree that the Cowboys are a top five team potentially in the NFL, but their record should be nowhere near a top 15 or 20 team. And I think McCarthy changes that. Can he get this team to the Super Bowl? Can he get this team deep in the playoffs? That remains to be seen. There's a lot of negative pub on McCarthy getting hired today, but let me say what I've said a million times before. Jerry Jones owns the team. It's his team. He can choose to do whatever he wants. He is the general manager and this is his guy. People run businesses the way that they want to. And he has earned that right to make that decision. You cannot like it. Don't make any mistake about it. It's Jerry's world. And whoever is the head coach is just living in it. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to my co-host, Joe Pizzapia. And also for our producer, Sean Guastamaki, I'm Craig Mitch. Full-time fantasy is coming up next. Joe and I will talk to you at noon tomorrow. Have a great Monday, everybody. See you.